throwing you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who have been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Michelle Slaney Travato here. I am super excited to have you back for another episode of the Living Your Legacy Podcast. And today, we've got a really interesting person to chat with. One of the things that I've discovered about the term legacy and creating a legacy is that there's so many facets to this. There's the mindset piece, the stuff you tell yourself, you know, what goes on in between your two ears. There's the piece about like visioning and creating your dream and then action planning and all that stuff. There's the stuff around what it is exactly you want to create in your life and what you want to create for yourself and others around you. And then there's the big question of how do I get there? Almost every single legacy that somebody wants to create involves a financial component. Whether that's, I want to leave behind, you know, a legacy of money for a hospital that means a lot to me, or I want to donate to a care home that, you know, people took care of my mother or I want to be able to leave a little pot of money for my children so that they can have the things they want in life, education, help them buy their first car, down payment on their first place, marriage, whatever that is going to be. So there's always these different facets. And today we've got a lady coming on to talk to us about a really cool way to handle the financial piece. And it might not necessarily have been the way you thought of, and we're going to explore that. So I would like to introduce you to my new friend, Marcella Silva. Marcella, I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Michelle. I'm absolutely thrilled. My joy to be here with you and your listeners. Awesome. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Marcella. It's super interesting. And I love this bio she sent. Marcella Silva is also known as the Land Baroness. Now that's cool. We're going to have to find out why. She is a certified land banking expert. And if you don't know what that is, you're in good company because I didn't either until I spoke to her the first time. She's the regional manager for Velour Enterprises. She has been investing in land since 2008 when she quit her software engineering job with a prestigious government laboratory. She personally owns over 2.7 million square feet of land. That's impressive in the most high growth areas of California. And she has a passion for supporting and educating individuals about creating wealth with this age old investment that we all walk on every single day, land. Her intention is that when you leave one of her presentations, you'll never look at dirt the same way again. Now, I love that introduction, Marcella, like that's just something else. 
So now tell me, what is a land banking expert? <laughs> well, it's someone who is not only an investor of land, but also someone who has been trained in understanding land at a deeper level and being able to communicate that to others to help support them in their own financial growth and dreams. And also in negotiations when it comes to making top dollar for your land. So there's a lot that goes into becoming an expert. And I've been doing this since 2008, like you said. So that's quite a while. And I still have a lot to learn. I'm constantly learning. But I'm on the path. And the main thing is I'm doing it for myself in addition to helping others. Love that. So, Marcella, I'd like to know a little bit about that journey. Because, you know, when you're in grade four and the teacher says to you, what do you want to be when you grow up? A land banking expert. I don't think that's even in the top thousand answers. So tell us a little bit about your journey to get from where you were to how you found this and to get to where you are. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's quite the journey. And, you know, sometimes life just happens for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I was straight out of college. I was recruited to work as a software engineer for the government specifically Lawrence Livermore National Laboratories here in California. I was originally born and raised in New Mexico. So I went to school out there, did really good in school, got recruited, and they fell in love with me. So they hired me full time. So I worked at the lab for a little, about 10 years. And then 2007 rolled around. And at that time period, the lab I was working for was going through a major transition as far as who ran them. Mm -hmm. uh, first, they were run by University of California. Then they got switched over to a large private conglomerate. Anyways, long story short, I had the opportunity to decide um, what I want to do with my retirement package because they were completely changing everything, all the benefits. So I had this old 401k, which I had to decide, do I put it into the new 401k program or do I do something else with it? Mm -hmm. And Michelle... I vividly remember at that time, sitting at my kitchen table, looking at my 401k statement, thinking to myself, the only way this goes up is when I put money into it. This is mm -hmm. ridiculous. I'm never going to be able to retire at this rate. This was never created for my benefit. It's for the benefit of all the people who are managing it. Plus, what the heck is it even invested in? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I didn't have any feelings of safety or security around it. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't feel like a dependable uh, retirement vehicle for me. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I decided, okay, well, I want something real. I want something that I can see, touch, and I know can go up in value over time. And the obvious was real estate. Mm -hmm. I mean, what real estate has created wealth for people throughout history. So I started going to seminars reading books. I even got my real estate license. Not that I planned on selling real estate. This was just all for my own nerdy knowledge. Mm -hmm. And along the way, I decided I really didn't want to get into rental properties. The whole tenants, toilets, termites thing just wasn't for me. I'm not saying that that's bad or that that's wrong. That just wasn't right for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the time, patience, or resources for it. And like doing fix and flips and that type of thing, that's creating a job. 
I wasn't interested in creating a job. I wanted something I could invest in that could work for me without me having to effort over it. Right. So eventually along the way, I happened to meet a lady who started telling me about land banking at one of those seminars. She sat right next to me, actually. And I was like, well, that's different. That's unique. I've never heard of that before. Coincidentally enough, I actually grew up watching my parents invest in land all throughout northern New Mexico, which is where I grew up. And so, of course, I didn't pay attention to what they were doing. They were my parents. Of course. And they didn't teach me either. So I had to figure it out my own way. And I went and learned all about it. And it was like one of those gut feelings. Instantly, I knew that this was what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So I took my old 401k and Michelle, I think you're in Canada. That's the retirement programs that are out here in America and rolled it into a self-directed IRA and used that to purchase my very first property in 2008. Luckily, before the stock market dropped and before I lost all my money. <laughs> yeah, so, that's really fortuitous timing. Yes, very fortuitous timing. I not only did not lose money. But the value of my land more than doubled within the first year. So I fell so in love with the investment, got to learn more about the company, meet the owners, and ultimately decided to retire from being a software engineer to become a full-time land banker. Who would have thought? Definitely not me. So that's where I am today and have been for quite a while now. I love that. Um, and, And you're right. Sometimes life just does happen to you. and sometimes you get these rare opportunities to see things that you hadn't seen before. So if that hadn't come up with your company, you might not have really looked at that 401k the same way. You might not have gone ahead and thought until much later, probably, gosh, this isn't doing very much. I wish there was something else I could do with it. But because this was right in front of you, you're like, okay, do I take it and do something different, which is scary and unknown? Or do I just re-enroll it into whatever 401k they're offering, which is more familiar, but as you said, definitely not as successful and not going to help you get to where you wanted to go. So the question is more, do I follow the familiar path, even though I don't see that it's going to truly help me get where I want? So it's kind of the hope game. I'm going to play the hope game and hope this works out. Or, and as we know, in 2008, it didn't. The world, 2009, 2010, like, you know, the bottom fell out of it all. And everybody, there's lots of people still trying to recoup from all that. Or do I take this path less traveled? It's scarier. I don't know what this is. I feel like it's riskier, but it's going to, I think, get me to where I want to go. And so which one do I choose? So many times when we're doing, you know, we're living, trying to live our legacies or creating those legacies, that's really the fork in the road we all come to. Do I continue down this path? It's familiar. It's what my family knows. It's what my parents knew. It's what everybody around me is doing. Um, Or do I take that road less traveled and see where that's going to take me? And so many people don't. They stick on the path because that's the path that has, you know, it's like the highway with the most cars on it. I'm going to go on the highway with the most cars on it because those people seem to know where they're going and I'll just get on there versus. So that road right there, well, there's parts of it not even paved. I am seeing that it disappears in the bush. I'm just not sure where it's going to go after that. And I'm not sure it's going to necessarily get me to where I want to go. So I don't know. 
And that I don't know moment can cause so many people to just say, and we're done. Not going to, not going to take the exit ramp, but you chose to do that. And I love it. You chose to go and do, I heard you say a few things that really interested me. You attended seminars. You did a lot of learning. You did some reading. You spoke to people. You asked a bazillion questions, I'm sure. Got lots of answers and then looked at, is this right for me? And ultimately you decided it was. And I think that that's incredible. Now, real estate investing is something that's been around. You're right, forever, really, since people discovered they could buy dirt and live on it and or use it for other purposes, people have been doing that. But most people, if you ask them, would only ever know about or talk about buying dirt on which to live themselves. Like, this is where I'm going to buy my house or I'm going to build a house on this little piece of land. And beyond that, it gets a bit scary. So I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the myths or disbeliefs that people have around land ownership that is not for their personal use to live on that maybe holds people back. And I'm sure you've heard lots of different reasons and excuses for not doing it. So maybe we could talk about one or two of those. What would be one of the top reasons you hear from people about not making that purchase? Well, really, it comes down to people's perceptions. Like you were saying, most people think, oh, land, I'm going to buy that to build a house on it. But when you start to expand your perception and realize, well, land is really used for everything and by everybody, maybe there's other opportunities there. Mm-hmm. And so opening your mind to the possibilities is really the biggest thing. What holds people back the most is their own fear. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. It has nothing to do with the dirt. It has to do with what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And misperceptions of Oh, well, investing in land is land speculation. I knew so-and-so who bought a piece of land and they were supposed to build a retirement community and the developer went broke and now they have this worthless piece of land sitting there not doing anything. That would be considered land speculation. Mm -hmm. Not really understanding the economics that's causing land growth. Mm -hmm. It's not just about buying land anywhere. Land can be very risky if you don't know what you're doing. And I think that's what holds people back. Their misperceptions and misunderstandings about it. Mm -hmm. When you work with a company like the one that I represent, who've been doing this for over 44 years and put in the time and effort and research and understanding and have the experience to know how land grows, how cities grow. What are the needs uh, that need land? You know, mm-hmm. everything from our energy to the goods you buy on Amazon to the house you live in, everything needs land. So the more you understand that, the more you understand the economics behind it, the more it makes sense. So the things that hold people back the most is misperceptions and then the idea that they're too old to invest. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm 60. I'm retiring at 65. I'm going to need my money then. 
Um, are you going to die at 65 too? Are you going to live till you're 90, 100? What if you live another 40 years? You're still going to need land then too. So mm -hmm. land is a long-term investment. It takes time, but it can outpace any other real estate investment I have seen out there when bought properly. And that's where it comes down to when buying it properly, not being buying it based off of some well-meaning friend advice or, oh, this looks like cheap land. I'm going to buy it because it's cheap. Mm -hmm. You can set yourself up for failure that way. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of the main situations that I've come across and help educate people about. Yep, absolutely. I also hear things like uh, you have to be rich to do it. You have to be rich. Only the rich can do this. What would you say to that? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Michelle. And we help the average investor create wealth with land, not the rich get wealthier. So yes, typically ha it has been reserved for the rich because they're the ones who can hire the team of people who can go out and figure out the right areas and the right land to invest in. And our company has been helping the average investor. I mean, a minimum investment is 25000 and someone could buy a property on their own. So you don't have to be ultra wealthy to invest. And people even partner together, making it even more affordable. Mm -hmm. I have whole family members um, partnering together and creating a legacy for their entire family. Now, that's just beautiful. So instead of looking at this as, and, and there will be people who hear that number, the 25,000, and think, mm, that's it, I'm out. Uh, too much, can't do it. And then there are others who say, well, I don't have it all, but what if I could pull together a little group of people who don't have it all either? And we can do it together. I, I adore that it was like whole entire families, mom, dad, aunts and uncles or grandparents, people investing on behalf of their children and pulling it together to do that. And I also really like what you said there, that it's a patience game. It's not buy now, sell tomorrow, because uh, that's not smart planning either. And nothing generally goes up that high in a 24 hour period <laughs> that you could do that. Um, there's rare moments in the stock market, for example, but generally not so much with land. It is a long game plan. But as you said, um, with structure and strategy and research behind all of it, there are obviously the company would not be asking people to invest in cheap land because it's cheap, but in land that they foresee there is going to be a need for and that somebody might want to purchase from them at a time in the future where they'll make more money than they put into it the day they bought it. Did I understand that correctly? Yes, that is the basics of it. Buying land in the path of growth where that land will be needed for something. Something in the future. And then, and then being prepared to negotiate the sale of that land in the future for a profit, whatever that profit might be. And that is something that your company helps with. Um, but you're right. Most people are unfamiliar with this path. They know of purchasing land to live on it. Um, they may be aware of, say, purchasing land for building a, a commercial structure. So maybe a business or, um, you know, rental apartments or things along those lines are things that people 
have probably heard of. Um, and you're right. People have got the horror stories of the my friend's uncle's father's cousin's son who did whatever and it didn't work out. And that horror story, people love to tell horror stories, whether they're actually related or not. Um, and, you know, people just sort of think hmm, that's a bit scary. So clearly you'd be looking for people who are creative thinkers, people who like to live a little bit outside the box or are willing to go outside the box, step out of their comfort zone a little. People who are creative problem solvers, people who are interested in learning and stretching and growing themselves, their knowledge base, um, their bottom line for sure. People with a long game plan makes absolute sense there. So tell us a little bit about your typical kinds of investors. So you, t- you alluded to the family, like families who pool together their money. Who else have you been working with? I would say the majority of my investors are in their 50s and 60s. A couple who, you know, the kids have already moved out and they're now waking up to, oh, <laughs> retirement age is around the corner. I don't want to work forever. What I've been doing isn't working. Mm-hmm. So it's so funny. Earlier, you mentioned about the familiar being safe, but the familiar is so unsafe in mm-hmm. so many cases. So opening up and expanding to the possibilities um, can get people to the wealth that they're looking for. And it's tremendous, especially as inflation continues to rise. Um and people just don't have the money. Let's just get real here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, in their 50s and 60s, I mean, I have my youngest investor, 18. That's the youngest you can be to buy land. Um, and and everywhere in between. I have a lot of people who are using those old 401ks like I did. Maybe it's just sitting there, not performing for them, losing money to inflation or the stock market. And they want to put that money to better use. Probably 80% of my clients do that. I have a lot of clients who have bought tons of rental properties over the years. Some of them have bought over 30 of them and they Mm -hmm. are sick and tired of the rental property game. They don't want to deal with it anymore. It's too much hassle. They want something that is a peaceful investment that can still get those big returns. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they do what's called 1031 exchanges here in America, which help them avoid paying capital gains taxes and continue to grow their wealth. So Mm -hmm. selling rental properties, buying land with it. And the person who just has cash sitting there that they need, they're looking for an alternative investment of some sort Mm -hmm. beyond the traditional that's out there. And if you think about it, land's the original investment on earth, the original physical legacy that people have left throughout history and mm-hmm. continues to grow wealth. So that's a snapshot yeah. of some of the people who I work with. That's amazing. And I think it's so awesome that you got an 18 year old or two in the mix. Someone is clearly looking and being very creative at quite a young age. And of course you have to consider at that young age over the course of their lifetime, they can have an extraordinary experience and create an extraordinary financial legacy for themselves and those around them that are important to them. 
So let's talk a little bit about you now and you jumping in and doing your investing. You said you had over 2.7 million square feet of land in your own portfolio. I love that. What was it like for you when you first jumped in, like your very first purchase? Talk a little about that. Honestly, I was so excited. I was so excited that I found it and it. I just had this gut feeling like this was the way to go. I didn't really have any fear around it. It was just all a new process and going through the process. Mm-hmm. I was right there, happy to do it. Um, it it just made sense to me. I think that's what made it the easiest. And it's funny because a lot of engineers like myself invest in land. And I think it's because it's it's a simple, easy process that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's and once I bought one, you learn more and you learn more and you literally become a land addict like <laughs> myself and so many of my investors as well. And it's just an amazing experience. That's awesome. And the community around you, obviously, there's people in your company, there's other people doing it. The community of investors, uh, share a little bit with us about the community of investors. How do you find that community? If somebody was um, wondering what to do, what would you suggest? So somebody who knows absolutely nothing about this is hearing this from you for the very first time. It's like, what would I even, where do I start? What would be something you'd recommend? To start? Mm -hmm. Usually I say, you know what, hop on one of my webinars and learn all about it. It really gets into the who, what, where, when, why of the whole situation, clears up a lot of pictures or questions that people have. You know, I've been doing this for so long that I've basically created the presentation to answer people's questions (laughs) and paint the picture of what this is. Because like you said before, you know, a lot of people come into this with their own past perceptions. So we have to kind of clear the, the plate there for them to see see through the bushes to what's possible. Um, and the community, I mean, we have an amazing community. <laughs> My top investors and referral sources, I actually take around the world every single year. Last year, we went to France. This year, we're headed off to Tahiti. It's been amazing. And you just get to l- meet other people who are like-minded. That's really what it comes down to. And like-minded people refer like-minded people and the community just grows from there. Um, We even have uh, barbecues at our house, bringing our local investors together. And then we have updates continually for investors to tune in and to stay up to date with that. And we have masterminds. I mean, lots of potential to meet other investors, and meet with other people in the company as well. Thank you for being a part of the Living Your Legacy podcast community in 2022. We can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year. We've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you. The Living Your Legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots. We found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year, only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience. We'd love to help you get your message out. Let's discuss this. Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you.
I'm sure there have got to be people that you're working with who maybe retirement isn't their only financial goal. There might be other things that they may be, you know, hoping to create as their own legacy that we alluded to at the beginning of the show that would be so interesting uh, to hear those things. What is it that people are dreaming of doing? What are their goals and visions? Because I heard this great quote one time, and I can't remember for the life of me who said it, but you become like the five people you surround yourself with, the five people you see and interact with the most. You become like them, which in some ways can be very exciting, or it can be a real kick in the gut when you're like, oh man, who am I circling myself with? Right? And to think about when you are around other people with expanded visions, it's hard not to expand your own. When you're around people who are excited and enthusiastic about where they're going, where this vehicle is going to take them, you know, which, which little side road have they gone off on? That is this extraordinary adventure they're taking. It's hard not to sit back and say, well, I want more too. I want to expand my vision. I want to expand my goals. I want to expand my legacy. I thought it was going to be this small little thing over here, but now I see that it could be bigger. And these people are not the super wealthy. They're not the ultra wealthy. As you said, they're your neighbors in your neighborhood. They're the people around the world that you bring together to take these trips so that they can spend some time sharing what it is they're doing and where they hope where this is going to take them. So they're they're pretty average people, would you agree? Like these are kind of your average you might see them at the supermarket, like that kind of thing. Mhm. Absolutely, the millionaires next door. Mm-hmm. They're all over the place. And you know, when you surround yourself with people like that and you look at it from that perspective, it doesn't seem quite as scary. Right? When you think to yourself, well, I don't have the same kind of money as, say, Warren Buffett, who has huge amounts of money, but looks like a kind of grandpa. Like you would never necessarily know if you walk past him in a shopping mall that that's who he was. Um, and so you think, OK, so these are not the rich and famous people. These are not the ones in the tabloids or in the newspapers. These are the people in my neighborhood or in my city who just took a different path than the one perhaps I'm on and made different choices and are now lending themselves to these extraordinary lives. And then if I surround myself with that, that community of people, how can I not be better? How can I not learn more, grow more, stretch my vision more, stretch my dollars more so that in the end of the game, I can have more, whether that's more for me or a legacy that I'm leaving for somebody else. And I love that. And I encourage people truthfully to to look at that, that real estate investing is something that my family is doing. And we are so excited. It was scary at first because it's not in the realm of familiar for us. And we had to learn the words. Like a land banking expert was the very first question I asked Marcella, what is that? I'm super curious. And um, to learn the vocabulary, learn what the terms mean, learn what the companies are doing and investigate. As you said, Marcella, we came down to a gut feeling that you thought I was looking for something more 
I was looking for something and I knew it was going to be different because my 401k wasn't doing what I had truly hoped it was going to do. Um, And you're right. You looked at it and said it only gets bigger when I put money in, which is sad. So sad. So I need to do something different. Um, You know, we don't have 401ks in Canada. We have our RSPs, which is Register Retirement Savings Plans, pretty much the same thing. And, you know, we too have had ours bottom out several times up here. And we've looked at losing not just any money gained from the investments, but also the principal, the money you put in. And that hurts. So looking for options that can be really intriguing with a community of people who are like-minded, but in a lot of ways, kind of like you and me. They're just average people who are stretching and learning and growing right alongside you. And having that community has been extraordinary for us. Uh, We were so surprised at how encouraging and optimistic and positive they were when we started sharing our goals and our dreams for our legacy. Um, And so um, it's super exciting along those lines, but also exciting in that I am not 30 something anymore. You know, I'm just a little smidge older than that. And, uh, you know, we have kids and my younger son, who is currently as of this recording, 13 is totally enamored with this idea of real estate investing. And, you know, you can pass that forward. Like that's part of our legacy that we are educating our child as we are getting educated. What a great legacy to share with your children that you can, as a grown up, still learn and grow. You're right. Your parents did it. They didn't share that with you. And, and you probably would have made those decisions way earlier in life if, if they had. And for us, instead of saying, well, I wish I knew this when I was 20, we're saying, but our child knows it at 13. That's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't have the benefit of having that information passed on to us. But as we're learning and growing, we can pass it along to our son and we are helping to set him up for success. And I'm sure you must have people who are doing that or pooling money with their kids who maybe aren't old enough to own the properties themselves and working together that way which is really exciting because what a great multi-generational legacy to be able to create for yourself, your children, your children's children, and so on. Because, you know, you mentioned it to me, they're not making any more dirt. (laughs) And it definitely isn't getting any cheaper for anybody who's looked at the housing market. (laughs) There are very few places where it's actually getting cheaper to buy land. So Those are some amazing and extraordinary pieces of information. What a beautiful vehicle. I love that you said there are different ways to do this. You can be somebody who um, buys a place and renovates and flips it if you want the active participation, or you can do slightly more passive where it's buying rental properties, still active because you got stuff to handle there too. Or you can look at another option like land banking where it's pretty much completely passive after you invest. Would that be correct? Is that a pretty correct synopsis there? Yes, very passive investment. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is pay property taxes, which are super low um, on our properties. And that's it. <laughs> it's easy. Yep. And so there's another option. If somebody is saying, as you said, a lot of your people are a little older and they're saying, I'm coming close to retirement. I'm probably very busy in my life. Um, 
don't really have a lot of time to to take on an active role in this, but I want my money put somewhere where it can grow. And again, it doesn't have to, in your case, it became the thing you do for your income because you love it and you love sharing it. But for some other person, it might just be, I want to just invest my money and carry on with my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep working or I'm going to travel or I'm going to do whatever the thing is that I want to do. And that money is just tickety-boo working off to the side. And over time, I'll be able to to do something with it and incur some more money. Love all of that. Um, And I love that you talked about it as a wealth strategy, that this is something you invest a little time and effort into learning, invest a little money, and then let the strategy work for you. So it doesn't have to be super scary. And how is possible. Absolutely. And tell me now, how has creating this legacy of your own changed you? It's, it's honestly, it's expanded my possibilities in my life. Like owning 2.7 million square feet of land in the most high growth areas just gives you a different feeling, a different mm-hmm. mindset. It's a feeling of abundance. Mm-hmm. And when you step into that, that continues to come to you. And so it's just like, you know, I, I look at 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the line and all that I want to create and make possible uh, for my life and the lives of others. because I'm here to be a beneficial presence on this planet. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing that just by creating wealth for myself, spreading that wealth in various different ways. Um, whether that looks like a retreat center or, you know, helping nonprofits or even creating a nonprofit, whatever that may be, Mm -hmm. I'm open to it. And we'll just see where life takes me. But right now, the legacy has been helping other families create their own legacy. There's, I have some amazing stories, amazing families that I work with, and it's been my joy to support them in their growth. I absolutely adore that you just said, I want to be a beneficial presence in the world. How beautiful. I've never heard that phrase before, but I may have to borrow it from you because that one's a good one. Um, So could you maybe, I know you said you had a bunch of stories, maybe pick one, one story of a legacy that someone, one of the families you're working with is using that money towards or is is working towards. Sure. I'd love to hear one. So this family, and I have express written permission to share their story. Um, I actually did a seminar and this lady showed up. She's a real estate agent and she's sitting there watching my presentation. And she said she was literally jumping out of her seat. She was so excited with what she was hearing because she realized that her and her family were land bankers. So 30 years prior, her father or her grandfather had purchased a piece of land in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is where I live, um, back in like 1980. He bought it for, I think it was around 200000 And he put it in a trust for his family. And then the trust, it specifically stated that they could not sell that land until his youngest grandchild turned 50. Oh, wow. And she was the youngest grandchild and she was turning 50. 
And meanwhile, that parcel of land was, they bought it for 200,000. They were well over 7 million offer on that property. And so they were trying to decide, well, you know, what are we going to do? The mom didn't want to sell it because for her, the land was like a security blanket. Mm -hmm. Her father had always said, stay solvent. And, you know, basically having assets in excess of liabilities. So she didn't want to get rid of that land. That was kind of the last piece of land that they had. And they met me. And they were at that time, they were trying to figure, well, if we sell it, what are we going to do with the money? The, the, the daughter, who's a real estate agent, says, mom, we know we're not doing rentals. That's too much hassle. All these issues, blah, 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 blah. They were considering buying a commercial building, but thank goodness they did because fast forward to COVID, they said they would have been decimated had they bought a commercial building. So they didn't do that. They found me. It made sense because that was what they had been doing. And so they sold that property, did a 1031 exchange. We've helped them buy multiple other properties, which are now, I mean, one, one of those properties is easily worth over 15 million, just one of them. So they are continuing to build that legacy. They have additional grandkids, babies continually being born. And they're keeping the grandfather's legacy moving forward with land for the family. It is tremendous. That is beautiful. Yeah, that is a beautiful story. Multi-generational wealth being built out of the vision of one man. I love that. And I adore that um, the woman who was at your presentation was the youngest grandchild. So this was all about to kind of come true and they needed to decide what to do with it. Um, yeah. yeah. The funny that- thing is the, the grandfather, everyone was telling him he was stupid. Why is he buying land? It's not worth anything. You can't do anything with it. Mm. He was a bit of a visionary, I guess. Yep. And so, you know, listening to what I call the crabs and cockroaches Mm -hmm. pull you down from fear is not going to help you grow. That is true. And you're right. That is one of the things that people will hear every time you think about stepping outside the box of what is known as being familiar or normal, you will always have far more people who will say, no, you can't do this. It's not possible. You're foolish. Don't waste your time, your energy, your money. You're throwing good money after bad. All those things you're going to hear if you step outside the box. And I'm sure some of your investors have probably heard similar things from family members and friends, because this is, you're right unfamiliar, which means fearful and scary. And so scary is bad. Don't do it. Uh, We've addressed this a few times on this podcast that the reality is um, fear can have two meanings, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Um, And so, you know, most people forget everything and run. It's like, if you see a bear go the other way, but The reality is those who face everything and rise generally can rise together, surrounded by a community of people who are also learning, stretching and growing and rising, expanding who they are as people and expanding their uh, legacies and expanding their budgets along the way because they have more to work with. I absolutely love 
your passion and your um, expertise in talking about all this. Um, you've certainly taken something that can be mystifying and demystified it just a little bit here today. I mean, I know I've seen your presentation, so I know that it's far more detailed than what we've covered today, but I wanted to just scratch the surface just a little bit to have people see that if they're considering building a legacy and finances are going to be an issue or a challenge, that there are financial vehicles available to people that they may not have necessarily heard about before, but now they have a means to go and investigate a little further. So I'm assuming that, of course, you would be very open to hearing from our audience. Should anybody here say, hmm, that's really interesting. I'd like to know more. Absolutely. I'm happy to help. And do you work with investors outside the United States? Yes, I do. I have international investors. You can. You know, the, the only thing is you got to be able to get the money here. But other than that, we're good. Awesome. And through the magic of international banking, you don't have to deliver cash in person. So yes. That's, that's amazing. And Wires so, are easy. <laughs> that's correct. Yes. Uh, most international banking institutions can certainly handle those things with relative ease, I've discovered. <laughs> uh, just costs a little to have it done. And there you go. They just take care of it for you, which is wonderful. So, Marcella, I am assuming along the way that there will be people in our audience, people who think, gosh, I'd never heard of this. And I'm nervous, but I would like to know a little bit more to see if this could be a good fit for me. You are completely open to those conversations, correct? Absolutely. And how would people be able to find you? What's the best way for them to come and find you? Sure. Um, they can check out my website, dirtisgold.com. Or you can email me directly at Marcella, M-A-R-C-E-L-L-A, at dirtisgold.com. Dirtisgold.com. I love that. When I saw that website, I thought, that's just amazing. I would have been so curious about that if I'd seen that somewhere and thought, hmm, what is that? So again, Marcella, I love that you do this. And the presentation you give is a free presentation. There's no charge for people to come and be a part of that, correct? Correct. I love that not only are you, you've talked quite a bit today about building legacies for other people and that you are one of those professionals that supports legacy makers as they're striving to reach the goals that they've, they would like to create for themselves. But you're also a legacy maker of your own investing in the land with the company you work for. So you have certainly partnered with them on multiple levels and you are creating multi-generational wealth for yourself and your family. I love talking to legacy makers and professionals and who people who do both all at the same time. It's really extraordinary for me. And I would really encourage our audience, if this is the first time you've heard about this, if this is if this has sort of piqued your interest a little to say, gosh, I didn't even know that existed before today. And now I, I think I'd like to know more. Then you should absolutely reach out and connect with Marcella and find out what that is. Find out in more detail what she's talking about. Find out how to, how to do this. If the initial buy-in is a little bit out of your price range for the time being, that's okay too. She is very open to having conversations with you to help you figure out how to get that initial investment. She's got 
as she said, she's worked with so many investors. I'm sure she's come up, heard lots of people with creative stories and can really offer that advice as well to help you put together the beginning step of your legacy and the financial piece to making it happen. Um, I really do think it's a good idea to contact her. Her link will be in the um, in the chapter, the meeting notes at the end of this of this podcast. Gosh, I'm losing words. I'm so excited here today. Um, so don't bother writing it down if you're in your car listening to this because we want you to drive safely and arrive alive. That's important. Um, it will be in the show notes. There's the word um, at the end of this podcast. By all means, click on the link, book a time to chat with Marcella and see if this could be a financial vehicle that helps you to get where you want to go in your life. I absolutely want to say thank you, Marcella. And is there one final word, something you might want to say, some um, inspiration or encouragement you'd like to give our audience before we sign off? Well, just so many blessings and joy to you and everyone out there. And remember, we're investing in land because they're not making more of it. And lastly, spread the love, spread the joy. That's what we're here for, to give. Absolutely. Marcella, thank you so much for being on the call today. I really enjoyed learning about um, land banking, and I love that you refer to yourself as the land baroness. You, you, I think you need like a sash or a crown or something to go with that. So when you're on these calls, uh, you can absolutely look the part. Um and thank you for educating myself and our listeners about this different opportunity out there that realistically, if there's a dream that we have, um, that, you know, that vision that won't leave you alone, that dream that you have consistently, that there are ways and people to help you achieve it. And Marcella is certainly one of those people. Um, she actually is this sweet, even off the air. And so you want to get connected with her because again, there is a, there's a great opportunity to stretch and learn and grow and to see how you can benefit yourself and your family and your legacy. Marcella, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. My pleasure, Michelle. Thank you for all that you do for you and your audience and everyone else continuing the legacy. Thank you so much. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play, and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.